And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we have our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets this week. Adam Picallo tells us canola is still rising, but wheat is under pressure. We talk to today's country cookout winner at Briarcrest and have a harvest update. We have an update on a company in Regina hoping to market waste flax straw as a fuel to power plants around the world. Real Agriculture looks at livestock markets. And Mazer Group acquires three new farm implement dealerships. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Canola prices are showing more upward movement this week, but wheat is starting to show some harvest pressure. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Picallo of Regina says canola is up about $4 a metric ton this week. Well, Jim, starting off with canola, we did see a resumption of the upward trend, as I mentioned last Friday. That's what I was going to be looking for. So canola right now approximately is up about $4.00 for a ton for the week. Uh, We're sitting about unchanged right now, but we were up uh, about $4 at one point at the high here today. And then on Minneapolis wheat, we are up about three cents a bushel right now. However, Minneapolis wheat is actually down about five on the day. So again, we are starting to, I think, run into a little bit of resistance or a ceiling on the wheat front. What's causing these changes? Well, uh, to start off on kind of the wheat front here, the wheat market has had a very large increase since really mid-August, since approximately August 10th, the Minneapolis wheat increased about 40 cents to the highs. So that's a, a decent increase. And I think we are just a little bit vulnerable to selling in the near term as kind of Outside market forces have turned bearish. World stock levels remain still quite large. Now, Argentine growing areas have received good moisture, which kind of will bring relief to their dryness areas. So there are some kind of areas that I think that are actually a little bit you know, negative for the wheat side. We could see some harvest pressure as well. And that's what I've kind of been talking to clients about is maybe look at actually putting in some hedges here a little bit for uh, for some new crop. And canola, why is canola up and where is it headed for next week? On the canola front, we still have seen a quite strong soy market and that's still really leading the way. Chinese buying really continues. The threat of cold weather in the U.S. next week, even talk of La Nina affecting South American production. So there is, I would say, some just quite positive factors for the soy markets, and that has been holding the canola market quite steady. That's Can this week as well came out with their production numbers, canola coming in at about 19.4, which we do need around that 20 mark to be kind of meeting production. So uh, I think that could be actually a little bit bullish here on the canola front, you know, six months kind of time frame. Again, you asked me what uh, next week brings. It is uh, a bit of a coin flip on, on that side of things, but I try and take that bigger term uh, perspective. So the outlook then for both canola and wheat? Well, again, on the canola front, the the trend is still positive. I'm going to be watching for that to be continuing. The level I'm watching for it to hold on the November futures is $500 a ton. We are sitting approximately at 503 right now, so uh, we are above that level. 
And then on the wheat front, uh, again, I think I am looking for possibly the market start to selling off, sell off a little bit here. Uh, I think we could be headed another, you know, at least 10 cents a bushel lower from, from the current price on the December futures. So is there anything else you'd like to add, Adam? Well, specifically, actually, on the stock market side, I would just like to touch on yesterday and today, we are seeing some significant sell-offs here, in particular on the technology side that has been leading this whole market higher right now. So that, I think, is one influence that traders should keep in mind for the commodity side, because as soon as the, the markets here started to turn lower, uh, on the stock side, commodities started to follow somewhat too. So that is a bit of a pattern, especially coming up here into the long weekend on the Monday holiday in both Canada and the U.S. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest is Kathy Gadd of Briarcrest about 95 kilometers west of Regina. Jack, Jason, and Kathy Gad farm close to 5,000 acres. She says there was no frost this week and harvest is progressing well. It's going very well. We're probably two-thirds done. So what are some early yields? How does it look? Well, it's looking good. I'd say probably it was slightly above average. So describe the growing season. Why do you think it's above average? What happened? Don't, I guess a timely rain. Like some, we have crops in, two, in different areas, like over by Rolo and here, and definitely over by Rolo had more rain than what we have over here by Briarcrest. So the crops in that direction were better than here. So just timely rains. There wasn't a lot of it, but obviously was in the right time. Which crops seem to do better this year than other crops? Which seem to be thriving and which seem to be having some problems? Well, anything we've grown this year seems to be okay. Uh, we've got lentils, uh, durum, and, well, we haven't even started the canola yet, so I'm not sure what that's going to do. When do you hope to wrap up? Yeah, in a week or so. What impact has COVID had on the farm? Well, not huge. I mean, mostly just as far as going to get parts, which they've all been very good. I mean, it's just a little different protocol, but we've been able to get our parts when we need, and we are just work here in our farm, and we have a few workers that, come to so everybody's been good have you had much rain this week has has it slowed harvest much this week no we had a little bit a couple nights ago and it just held us up for a day it was just a small amount kathy gadd of briarcrest is today's 620 ckrm country cookout winner with a big meal from peg's kitchen and other goodies from our sponsors Saskatchewan-based Prairie Clean Energy will be making some key decisions in the next few weeks on developing a waste flax straw business. Prairie Clean Energy CEO Mark Cooper of Regina says demand is huge for flax straw as a biomass fuel for power plants around the world. He met with farmers around the province this summer to discuss an alternative to field burning of waste flax straw. Yeah, I think the biggest decision we have to make in the in the next week or so, Jim, is uh, how much flax straw we want to buy this harvest. And uh, it's going to uh, be determined by a number of factors, but that's the critical thing that we committed to farmers. We get back to them before the end of September, and we really do want to be in touch with them by the middle of September if we can. And so we've set ourselves the, the deadline of the next uh, 10 days or so to, to make some final decisions on that. And, you know, overall, things with the business have been progressing really, really well, which is exciting. Um, but uh, the next, uh, few, as I said, the next week or so is going to be a time when we've got to make some decisions about how much we're going to go forward with in this fall. 
Have you got a ballpark figure at this stage? Uh, we don't. It's going to depend a lot on where we end up with um, final uh, buyer contracts for this year. And uh, you know, we've had we've had close to 100,000 tons committed from farmers, like that's available if we wanted it, which is amazing. Uh, that's uh, pretty close to where we wanted to to be in terms of potential uh, supply. But you know, we're we are running into some regulatory challenges with buyers that is that's taking that's uh, allowed. That's leading to things being a little slower than we would like in terms of moving forward on that. And so we, we made a commitment in our town halls when we spoke to farmers that we wouldn't ask them to, to do any work with their flax straw or commit to doing anything to us unless we were prepared to commit to them. And so, as I said, we've sort of set that timeline of us of the next week or so internally to, to be able to get back to farmers and say, okay, this is how much we're prepared to go forward with this year. But you're still hoping to sell flax straw as a biomass fuel for power plants around the world? 100%. Uh, this is a, the, the research that we've done and the engagement we've had both with buyers, with uh, farmers, with governments, with other companies has really confirmed that the business model is very solid and that the opportunity is, is extremely significant. Uh, you know, we were, um, we were just talking this last week with some uh, global leaders in the biomass uh, industry and the wood pellet industry about the challenges in the Japanese market where they are very reliant on products like palm kernel shells for instance as a key fuel source uh, they get those uh, they get that fuel source from countries like Malaysia and Indonesia and there are significant concerns in the Japanese consumer market about the sustainability practices in those countries not to mention some of the challenges with corruption and governance challenges uh, and so they're very interested in buying a fuel source like flax straw which is um, uh, just about as good as uh, palm kernel shells because it comes from a stable region, it's fully renewable, uh, and it comes from a country that they have a lot of history of doing business with. And so they, there's no doubt about the viability of this market, and we're coming at it at just the right time. The only question is, are we going to be ramping up significantly this year, or is our focus going to shift more towards next year? And that's, that's what we're, uh, those are the questions we're answering uh, right now. When we spoke this summer, you said you'd be willing to pay 15 to $22 a ton for waste flax straw. Is still kind of that the good ballpark figure? Actually, we're looking at more than that. Uh, and so part, after we had conversations with farmers and had, had an understanding of their input costs and what was involved, if we were going to ask them to bail uh, or if we were going to come and bail it, we're actually now looking at more in the range of 25 to $35 a ton. Uh, depending on, again, how much work is done by the producer. So when we say $35 a ton, uh, that's talking about having uh, the product delivered to us. And uh, $25 a ton is just to have it bailed and uh, put on their site for transportation. And so we, we've upped that uh, because the, re the research was just telling us that that was going to be what was necessary to create the appropriate incentive for farmers. And uh, so we've tried to build that into our, our pricing models with our buyers. Mark Cooper of Regina is the CEO of Prairie Clean Energy. Coming up after the farm weather, Cooper discusses why they want to move ahead this year and not wait till next year. Your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. It's now time for the beef market update. We're talking to Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Fed cattle market off a little bit. Yeah, this is, of course, where we flip the calendar. We're coming into September and seasonally 
And we've talked about this a lot, Sean. Seasonally, the Fed market declines. The cutout usually declines after Labor Day. And those things look like they're all certainly coming into fruition at this point in time. So markets this week, uh, as far as the south, in, in we started the week at 104, but we're going to close yesterday closer to 102 in the U.S. So that's going to be probably two to three lower than last week's average when all is said and done. Uh, in Western Canada, also lower. Looks like um, the trade's going to be in the low 30s instead of the upper 30s. So could have could lose three to four dollars on the average in Alberta this week. 224, 225 delivered. Um, and of course, Packers in on both sides of the border starting to buy um, a bit more inventory. Little little longer lift times being requested as they buy the cattle. So that's telling us they're getting more cattle around them. But seasonal is is this you know are we like kind of in that pre-Labor Day, seasonal, like how do we, how do we take this drop? That, that's how I take it for sure. Um, assuming that kills continue to uh, stay at good levels over the next 30 days. When we talk on the 1st of October, Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that we're through the kind of the seasonal down in the market and, and things looking better heading into the fourth quarter. So I'm not overly surprised by this. We had opportunities, you know, over the last, uh, prior to the last couple of weeks to, to do some um, management of risk in terms of hedging. And we talked two weeks ago that a lot of the good news was in the market and uh, gave us those opportunities. But here, here's a seasonal move, I think, is how I'd call it. Well, and this is a key barbecue weekend. We talk demand, Labor Day, like this is when you fire up the grill. It's kind of, this is kind of the end of the peak barbecue season. With Is that how uh, an analyst would look at it? I think so. And of course, then we turn into some of the uh, fall holidays, our Thanksgiving in Canada in October. And of course, uh, then we flip into the U.S. holidays uh, to, to cl- close off, you know, November and December. But again, from a from a cutout perspective, we saw the cutout rally um, higher than I think we thought the recovery would be. So we're going to expect some saddle back here post Labor Day for sure. I would love to see the margin or lack thereof, of some of the beef that is sold on Labor Day weekend. Because you got to remember, some of these orders were put in when the cutout was like double of where it is today, right? Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, it's been an interesting year to try to stay on top of what side of the market one's on, for sure. I was reading this week about how the feeder market, cattle going into yards, boy, prices are strong. Yeah, the cash feeder market in Western Canada continues to stay pretty solid. Certainly, um, it's it's increased from where we made kind of our pandemic lows there earlier on. And uh, prices today, for the most part, are pretty much where they were a year ago. Now, of course, as we head into the fall run, two different kind of markets, uh, the yearly market, the grass market can is moving quickly. We've got lots of cattle coming off grass, of course, very dry. In lots of areas, but the prices have been, you know, strong. The 850 average on top of that 190 mark um, basis, Alberta. So that's that's right where we would have been a year ago at this point in time. The calf markets, certainly for some of the forward delivery sales into October and November, uh, starting off certainly very much close to where we would have been last year in the the mid, you know, two two fifteen in the mid teens and you know two 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 ten to two twenty, let's say. Um, now, as we go forward, just word of caution, certainly that seasonal piece on the calf market, I think will will play out this year and we trend lower as we go closer to that October and November markets. But last year it was very, very solid all the way through the calf run and that doesn't happen every year. So I'd, I'd be... Um, I'd be looking for a little bit more of a seasonal move on the calf market as we head into Q4. Can you give us an update on the kills? 
Oh, certainly. We've uh, seen both kills in the U.S. and Canada holding pretty much where we would have been a year ago. Last week, the U.S. killed 654. A year ago, it would have been 653. Um, here in Canada, we were just over 64,000 head, and a year ago, it would have been just over 65. So we need those numbers uh, to continue to ramp along like that through September. September is that month we've talked about for a long time where we know there's lots of cattle to get through. So we can't stub our toe, if you will. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 30, the high 23, the low 8. Saturday, mainly cloudy, clearing late in the afternoon, wind becoming southeast 20, the high 28, the low 11. Sunday, cloudy and windy with the high 16, the low 5. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 11, the low minus 4. Tuesday, sunny, the high 13, the low plus 3. Wednesday, sunny, the high 18, the low plus 5. Thursday, sunny, the high 21. Normal high for this day, 20, the normal low is 6 degrees. The sun rose at 618 this morning. It sets at 737 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader in west-central Saskatchewan at 23 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, 9 degrees. Esteban is 21, Saskatoon 18, Swift Current and Weyburn 20, Yorkton is 17 degrees. Sunny and Regina 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 22, gusting to 33. Humidity 42% and the barometer rising 102.1. Sunny and Moose Jaw 21 degrees, winds are from the northwest at 28, gusting to 39. Once again, Regina, sunny and 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com Prairie Clean Energy will be making key decisions in the next couple weeks on developing a waste flax straw business. CEO Mark Cooper of Regina says there is big demand for flax straw as a biomass fuel for power plants around the globe. But he says some details need to be finalized before a final decision is made to go ahead this year or wait till 2021. Well, we don't want to put it off to next year uh, if we can avoid it. Um, I, I think that uh, we're not going to be able to buy in the full kind of volume that we had, ho- we had thought we might be able to try and do this year. So the question we're, we're trying to sort out is how much can we buy? Are we going to delay some of that buying until the spring, which we know will reduce the amount of supply that's available? Because if we're not buying until the spring, I expect lots of farmers will go ahead and burn, which we understand. And uh, so I, I could say definitively we're not going to buy the same kind of volume that we thought we might this year. Uh, what we're just not sure of is how much yet. And I, we hope to buy some so that we can uh, continue moving forward with this and we, we're not delayed by a few months. Uh, there, but as I said, no question, uh, everything indicates that this is uh, a solid business and a solid business case and that the, our belief in that has only been reinforced over the re- with the research and connections that we've built over the last few months, including striking a research partnership with the Biomass Research Group out of the University of British Columbia, 
who reached out to us and they're very interested in understanding the uh, benefits of agricultural waste as biomass fuel and so they're investing heavily in testing products right now and working with us to examine the supply chain and identify what opportunities there are for streamlining costs getting more revenue into into for producers and getting more product out for the end buyer and so the the the, the level of engagement we've had from institutions and groups in across Canada and even around the world has been quite outstanding and is really exciting. Cooper says the waste flax straw proposal would pay producers $25 to $35 a ton. Most waste flax straw is burned off in the field at present. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Mazer Group has added to its family of dealerships. The Brandon-based company acquired three new locations in Saskatchewan, Yorkton, New Holland, Raymore, New Holland, and Watrous, New Holland, from Dave Marshall. It was effective September 1st. Mazer Group President and CEO Bob Mazer says the deal has been in the works for a while now. Actually, yeah, it's been in the works for almost 10 years. Uh, uh, Dave Marshall and his family uh, run a great uh, operation and uh, yet Dave uh, was wanting to retire and um, we've been talking for years we're friends and uh, their operation uh, is, is very similar to ours uh, ours is a little bit larger but uh, family operated and um, yeah so we became we, we came to a deal to merge the two operations together and uh, uh, the Marshall family will continue to be uh, owners in Mazer Group, and so it's nice to uh, to make this move. Uh, the the three sites are are uh, contiguous to our Regina and um, Mooseman and uh, York uh, Roblin stores, and uh, so yeah, it, it it's a real natural. Mazer says his purchase demonstrates a lot of confidence in the agricultural industry in spite of the COVID nineteen pandemic. I've been in the business uh, full-time for 52 years. I turned 70 here in June, and uh, my family is involved. Uh, my two sons are both involved in the business. My wife is, and, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we are farmers at heart. We are uh, agriculturalists at heart, and uh, we have confidence in, in uh, agriculture in Western Canada. Uh, producers are resilient and inventive and uh, we we really enjoy the business because we uh, have been in it. I've been in it all my life, and my sons obviously have been in it all their lives. And um, we've got a great group of people uh, within the organization. So uh, yeah, we're yeah we're we're very confident. Uh, as far as COVID goes, I mean, basically, producers had to go to the field and put their crop in. They had to look after their uh, their livestock. They had to do uh, what they normally do. You, you, they couldn't take a holiday because of COVID. So uh, it has affected, really affected our, our operations very, um, uh, there's a limited effect to our operations other than all the protocols and and uh, procedures we've had to go through to uh, protect our, our staff and our, and our customers. Uh, but uh, yeah, it really, it really hasn't affected our business at all. Mazer adds there will be no job losses at the three newly acquired locations in Yorkton, Raymore, and Watrous. He expects the new stores in Yorkton, Raymore, and Watrous to continue to serve their customers well. 
He wouldn't disclose the purchase price. The acquisition brings the total number of Mazer Group dealerships to 19, with 14 in Manitoba and 5 in Saskatchewan. Mazer Group will add over 50 employees, with the merger bringing the total to over 370. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading this morning at Viterra. Canola rose $1.80 at four fifty five zero seven. Number one red spring wheat fell $1.64 at $220.96. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $273.73. Feed barley, $173.70. Flax, $544.85. Lentils, $550.50. Oats, $173.53. Yellow peas, $248.89. And feed wheat, $166.16. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures fell five and a half cents at five forty one and three quarter cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest livestock quotations. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moosha, 330 on offer at our Tuesday, September 1st sale. Cow market was four plus lower this week. The bull market did look barely steady. Yearlings looked a tad softer than what they were here two weeks ago. Next Tuesday, September 8th, is our last Tuesday regular sale. We're receiving holiday Monday from 1 till 7. And then we go to Thursdays after that. Here's what happened. We had 29 yearling steers from Clayton Lee, south of Bengoff, 777 at 203 and a quarter. 27 black hair for 742. They came from the Diffley Ranch, north of town here, 742 at 187. The good cows are 79 to 86. These medium cows from 70 to 80. And the good bulls, $1.09 to 24. We did have some of them high yielding bulls at a buck 30. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a safe harvest out there. The latest Saskatchewan pork price report is unavailable this afternoon. Currently in Regina with sunny skies, it's 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the resource report.